Welcome, everyone, to a very special edition of EM Over Easy. My name is Tanner, and I'm joined by the other amigos and EMOE crew, Andy and Drew, uh, as well as three other very special guest contestants. That's right, I said guest contestants, because today is the first ever attempt at a game show on EM Over Easy. Today's show is currently being called Trivia and Toast. That name was decided this morning. But uh, essentially, it's a trivia game, and we've kind of taken inspiration from the guys over at Freakonomics, Stephen Dubner, and their podcast called Tell Me Something I Don't Know, uh, except for we're focusing on a more medical side of things. And the reality is it should be pretty easy because there's a lot of things that I don't know. True. Absolutely. <laughs> In fact, pretty much everything. And uh, when I say medical field, I'm not saying just emergency medicine. I know all of us are emergency medicine physicians here, but uh, we also want to learn about other things in medicine. So it could be anything related to the medical field. The game, in essence, is simple. The contestants will take turns attempting to pimp two of us at a piece of medical knowledge. The third host will act as a live fact-checking guru, essentially looking for anything that is true or false about the facts that they're being presented to us. Should we call them Watson? Like IBM Watson? Yeah. I was thinking Sherlock initially. Sherlock. Either, either is okay. I feel like Sherlock Watson doesn't work as well there. So IBM Watson it is. Okay. IBM Watson it is. We are joined today by several third-year EM residents who are likely going to delight in pimping their former chiefs and making us look terrible. Drew and myself will be the pimpies today, uh, accepting the facts and trying to slowly wiggle our way to an answer. Wiggle away. Andy will be serving as our fact checker, diligently browsing the internet for anything that can make me and Drew look better than we are already will not look or um, prove that both of you are not very smart <laughs> as the case likely will be when all the contestants are done and the episode is released you will find a twitter poll online where we'll have you our listeners, as andy so likes to call them will vote on the best medical fact of the day before we get started let's get our brains working a little bit i have a couple of lightning fast questions i want to give my guest hosts to get them get them ready and prepare them drew are you ready yes sir if you had to choose one team for the Cubs to lose the World Series against next year, who would you choose? Boston. Wow. That was quick. You use only one word to describe why you would choose video laryngoscopy over direct. Better. Use one word to describe why you would choose direct over video. Never. <laughs> and finally, let's say I somehow procure your wife's permission to paint your house exterior any color you want. What would you choose and why? Camouflage, because she would hate it. <laughs> Andy, are you ready? I don't think I want to hear Boom, this question. Boom, drop the mic. <laughs> are you ready? Yes. Which boy band do you identify best with? 98 Degrees. Name your favorite national park. Yellowstone. Name your least favorite national park. Yellowstone. Oh, sorry. That wasn't for me. Uh, Shenandoah. Okay. Let's say, finally, let's say you are the head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes, and you are down by two points with only seconds to go in the Big Ten Championship. You have two kickers on the bench to kick a 30-yard field goal, and you have to choose one of them. Your two kicker choices are Drew or me. Who is your kicker and why? Uh, you, because we do a fake and you're more athletic. Wow, you're going to fake from a 30-yard field goal with seconds to go. Why would Tanner be better at go faking bigger, than go me? Go home. I don't know. I thought you were going to choose Drew because he does, he's like the leg guy. He's got all the long-distance running and biking. Yeah, but no coordination, so chances of me <laughs> planting to catch it and, and then swinging a right foot. To the right. I mean, and you're a Boise State fan. You guys are all about the trick plays. Huh? Okay. Fair, Fair enough. enough. Fair enough. 
I right. feel like my brain has been warmed up thoroughly. Ready to go? Yeah, I feel great now. I Thanks. Think, I think it's time to do this. That was good. Let's get started That's with good. our very first contestant. Hey guys, my name is Jeff Comp. I'm a uh, PG3 uh, doctor's hospital in the emergency medicine uh, program, and I work with these three jokers uh, frequently. So, um, my question for you guys. Um, as budding titans of podcasting and free open access medical education, or, or FOAM, when was the first time hashtag FOAM or hashtag FOMED was used on social media, and who was the author? Oh, man. I feel like I actually know this, but I don't know it. Like, it's one of those things that I've heard before, but I don't remember it. I mean, FOAM, wasn't it, wasn't it derived? I, was the origin from a different country than our current one? Uh, it was. Australia, I think. Yeah, Australia. Were they in the outback? So, here's the thing. And I'm going to give a little bit away. The author was Australian, but the idea wasn't developed in Australia. Man, son of a... Where did the idea come from? Was it... It wasn't space. It wasn't space? It wasn't space. It wasn't space. It wasn't, it wasn't, wasn't space. space. Go, that narrows it down a little bit. Yeah, write that down. I, I'm going to go with... I, I'm guessing UK, England is going to be... Uh, where it was invented? Wh- where, with an Australian person. Am I... Are, are we are we warming up into the correct geological region as to where this might have come from? Andy, no. can, we get a, can we get a fact check? Am I... Uh, You're close. Or, You're close. I'm close You're as close. to where... The location of where, 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 where the first discussion was and where it was kind of So, so is it the, the general continent that I... Yes. Like, it is... Mm-hmm. It's, so, it's the continent. Right. It's the continent. Are we talking European continent or specifically uh, England, Scotland, Ireland? England, yes, Scotland, Ireland. Second, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So this is like probably like almost like the St. Emlyn's people or, or somewhere along those lines. I'm not, I would almost go... Was Simon but the, Car- but the Was Simon Carly Australian? Was he? Like, do you do you lose Australianness if you is is he is oh. he is he? I mean, I, I suppose. I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think that's him. Is it? I don't know. What do you think? He just asked you a question. I asked a question. The your response is yes or no. Am I is am the, I on the case or not? It is not Simon Carley. Yeah. Say probably too young, but yeah, no, too it's, new in this thing. But I don't know why that that just rang true to me. I feel like I've heard Mel Herbert talk about this. I'm sure Mel Herbert's talked about it. But is he the one that first tweeted foam? No, no, he's not. Oh, okay. What if he is? He's not. I don't know, is he? He's not. Can't be him. Is it Mel Herbert? It's not Mel Herbert. Ah, that's why I knew it. Damn no, it. but I was really having a good time with that locked eye contact <laughs> yeah, that we were did. having right now. <laughs> this, is, this is great. I mean, and, and it really speaks to how international the foam education movement is. Yeah, is really, yeah, we're looking really all crux, over the place and we have no idea. Crux of the issue. We know it didn't come from the U.S. because we're not nearly as creative as these other countries that are doing much better work in medical education <laughs> as, as we are. But we will fully embrace it and pretend like it's ours. Um, well, you've adopted it. Adopted it. Yeah, yeah sure. Well, but, but that's the concept of foam, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's the international consortium of, of ideas and, and discussion on, on medical education and um, emergency medicine and critical care medicine. Uh, and that's why I was, I was really excited to bring this to you guys. Um, Is the person associated with life in the fast lane? They are associated with life in the fast lane. They are. That's True. where I was thinking. That's where I was going. Do you know who? <laughs> <laughs> do, I, do I know other people with life in the fast lane? Yes. Because right now I'm blanking. Was it like uh, Chris Nickerson or something like that? He's one of the main main authors. He's one of them. Top Nick, but he's probably not the guy because he's no. pretty young too. And I, I don't know. Fomed's been around for for a little while. I got nothing. Yeah, I am. Tell I mean, us. I, I'm pretty okay. impressed. We got it narrowed down to yeah. We, we got, I mean, we got yeah, pretty close. I, I'm I'm very impressed by that. So, um, foam bubbled into existence 
So as I was reading, I read that joke like 10 plus times, and I'm so excited. You should have seen his face. Swiggity swooty. (laughs) (laughs) So um, the first tweet occurred June 28th, 2012, from Dr. Mike Cadogan. He's the co-creator of Life in the Fast Lane, an Australian EM doc. He was preparing to deliver a talk on the importance of social media at the 2012 International Conference on Emergency Medicine, or ICEM. Realized that a lot of docs kind of thought social media was an unimportant time waster. The actual tweet itself is kind of interesting. I'm not sure if it was a typo or if it was Twitter shorthand, so I'm going to read it verbatim. (laughs) Preparing for presentation at hashtag ICEM2012 dot dot dot, but period... I longer on so me or social media. Dot dot dot. Too many skeptics. Dot dot dot. Will be on hashtag foam. So I don't know if it was an autocorrect kind of thing. Too many dot dot dots. He's I, wasting a lot of characters back there. I don't know if it was a, uh, that's a cool. like a typo, but that was that's the, the that's one the, that started that's the it first all. That start and the I mean the story. And it I was feel like of, I have a little lunchbox letdown right now. No, no. I mean, no, I think that's every I think that's every so cool. great thing doesn't have to start out amazing. It's just gotta. Yeah, I mean, look, gain look, a little look at us here. You will breezy. Touche. But reading the following tweets, it was very cool because everyone that was in that location started tweeting Wait, about that conversation. Was the next tweet reply to him? What is hashtag foam? Yeah. So it was from. So he sent it to ICEM, and ICEM wrote back, "What's going on?" And then it became a back and forth. Um, with him saying, get ready, he gave a lecture the next day, and you can find that lecture online, where he initially uh, started to so define That's pretty cool. It. Super cool. And it was really... It, it was, was like a teaser. Yeah, teaser it, it trailer. Was, it was. And it was interesting. He talked about in, a, uh, in an interview, it was decided that a new phrase or term was required to best encapsulate the concept of open access medical education resources. Term had to imply free or low cost to the user, creative commons, non-commercial ownership of the media, and have some of the words medical education somewhere within it. Staring through the bottom of a half-finished pint of Guinness provided the inspiration, and the term foam was born. Awesome. So it was really hard, first off, to look at, like, the Twitter feeds and find, like, this specific one. Because apparently when you type in a search for hashtag foam, there's a huge following also in cafes and mattress companies. Yeah. And it was a real pain to actually figure this out. Um, But when I finally changed some of the, I guess, definers on the search, it was cool to see them at the bar looking at their... Guinness glasses, and then posting about how they were talking about this new idea. It's very, very, very cool. Uh, kind of a, a fun awesome. historical thing for something that I know I, myself. I I try to apply different aspects of, of foam into my own learning, and this is very fun to, to look up and, and get a little bit of a history lesson of where we came from. That is a very interesting start. I like to that our... one. Thanks, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I'm gonna I, I'm gonna give us a little pat on the back. I mean, we didn't we didn't we get it, good. but I think we we nerded it down decently close. well and. Yeah. British Isles, guy from Australia. Yeah. yeah. Any fact-checking findings outside of what Jeff already discussed? Uh, no, not really. We can link it in the show notes uh, about exactly where, where it happened. Oh, there's nice. A, there's a good recap on Life in the Fast Lane. Yeah. has a good post about it. But again, just it goes to show that many good ideas come from uh, a group of drinking. friends. Drinking. Oh. oh. Drinking a dark <laughs> beverage. I'm not going to say just alcohol because they come to me when I drink root beer. But yeah. Beer and or root beer. Beer and or root beer. Yeah. All all forms of beverage. All forms of beverage. And they have lots of foam. And bubbles. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. All right. So let's bring up our next contestant. Jacob, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hey, uh, Jacob Smith, the third year resident, as well as uh, Jeff here, Doctor's Hospital and Emergency Medicine. So I got a question for you guys. Outside of emergency medicine, 
talk a little non-traditional therapies. Uh, oh, so man. what is a now FDA-approved organic medical device employed for wound healing with thousands of years of previous use? Tobacco Thous- leaves. Thousands of years of previous Did I nail it? No, not quite. Not oh. quite. But close. So we're, we're on agriculture then? No, and and I'll, I'll give you the, the background of that is actually when I was in um, college. History major. No, in college. I, I had uh, some poorly healing uh, wound from a, a shin splint, not shin splint, uh, compartment syndrome surgery. And actually the trainers recommended tobacco leaves. So literally like wet tobacco leaves would wrap my leg. And it was amazing how it uh, increased healing. Banana leaves also have been used for, for similar things. And, uh, you know, we're on uh, this medi-honey kick in, uh, in the world of wound care also. Now, I'm guessing by the look that Jacob is giving me that none of those are the answer he's looking for. No, you're correct. Those are not the answers I'm looking for. However... Are we, are we on track with the you're plants? You're on track. You're, or is it an animal? You're in, in track as far as organic materials. Organic, organic materials. materials. Son of a... Okay. Is it an animal? It is an animal. Ooh, I figured it out. Boom. Sorry, guys. <laughs> and you, what's, what's funny is... When I think of organic, I don't think of animals. I think of... I have... But... Sure. I have two guesses, both of which are squiggly and gross. I mean... Are these animals squiggly and gross? They are extremely squiggly and extremely gross. Do you, do you have an idea? No, squ- I, no. No, go ahead. I mean, I do, but I think you're, you're on the track here. Are we talking about leeches? Yeah. Yes. Of course. So we are, we are talking about leeches. Uh, so uh, leech They're therapy approved now? is... An FDA-approved medical device. What is how it is labeled? Can I order it out of Epic? <laughs> you can we do order not, it. We do not actually support in the any state of individual Ohio. EMR. What you can? And it is often used in uh, various plastic surgery cases, in uh, cases with poor poor vascular supply, especially in uh, finger amputations, toe amputations, uh, traumatic crush injuries, or even in uh, skin grafts where you have uh, poor venous uh, venous return. And what you need to do is ensure that the, that the wound gets adequate blood supply. Interesting. Do they have? medical grade farms for leeches or are these just like what we pick out of the pond so these they are medical grade leeches um you can order them from very natural environments where you can uh just get them out of the pond however that is not the fda approved leeches are they uh usda approved organic (laughs) because you brought in organic so i literally literally my head my head went to they were like stamped with the organic seal to, to make sure that they're you know don't have uh, you know petroleum byproducts or something like that in their uh, no, upbringing. That is a great question. I'm not sure if they are uh, USDA approved organic, as they are not uh, eaten. So I think I think your question was misleading. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> how lucrative uh, do we know cost on these? Like, how much does it cost to use a leech? So depending how much it costs to the patient, I do not know. Okay. However. Um, from uh, one particular website, no financial uh, obligations, uh, leechesusa.com. <laughs> Darn it, the, I was just going to see if that website was available. <laughs> the uh, approximate uh, cost is about $15 per leech. Uh, usually requires 5 to 10 leeches per treatment, um, up to twice a day for the first three or four days of the treatment. So relatively inexpensive compared are, are to... Are leeches reusable too? Like, can you can you do a treatment with the leech and then the next day use the same leech? They are not reusable. So they are recommended to be disposed of for no further treatment or therapies. So where are the picket signs for don't kill the leeches? That's what I want. Yeah, this is this is unfair treatment of leeches. They deserve better. 
Yeah, you know, it should and, not just be disposed of. And on top of this, you know, we were really uh, cruel to the leeches before. So to ensure that they are uh, ready for their appropriate treatment, they're actually starved for three months before they are shipped. What to take care of the patient? So leeches can live for up to twelve months with with. Uh, no blood sucking, essentially. Holy so they cow. can live starving for 12 months, and by then they're obviously very hungry. So at three months, you ship them in; they're ready. They're ready to suck some blood. Interesting, Andy. Right. Do you have uh, Do you have any fact checking? So, we- so I think part of the premise of the question was, what's the most recent? And actually, when you look it up, FDA approved leech use in 2004, oh. and the most recent is tilapia skin for burns. Tilapia okay, so, so so partially true that leeches are FDA approved, but also not the most recent because tilapia was approved last fall. Tilapia, tilapia skin, yeah, specifically skin, specifically skin. So tilapia. I should sounds a little scaly to me. Ooh, <laughs> Jacob, that was <laughs> a, that's, that's a good one. A a common thought of I almost went historical maggots. remedy, but not something that we think of really being FDA approved and used. Although I, I thinking back, I have heard of it as being used in in the hospital setting, including I think. Um, one of our local hospitals here using it for wound care. Um, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Thanks, man. I will add, though, that I recently had a patient on leech therapy for a finger amputation, and it's a pain to get him on the amputated digit that was restored. Cause they Wait, want... you, you put him on personally? I did, yeah. That's cool. Because the nurse was uh, a little too grossed out by the leeches. <laughs> um, because they want rich vascular supply, and these are poor venous uh, flow situations in the first place. So it's really tricky to get them to latch on. If they're hungry, they, if they, they smell blood, they should just be like... <sniffs> yeah, they were starving. They, they were really <laughs> eager to get on me. So. <laughs> My right hand, this kid has been just so plush and wonderful recently. I don't understand. <laughs> but it's impressive. They, they saved the guy's finger, so... That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. We are doing remarkably well so far. Not bad. Not now, bad. I, I have a feeling that <laughs> this next one is truly going to be Stump the Chump, and we are going to be the chumps. All right, well, let's bring our third and final contestant of the day up, Vish. Vishnu. Yeah. Go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, give us a question. So my name is Vishnu. I'm a third-year uh, resident at Doctor's Hospital, commonly known as Vish, which was a high school nickname. Vish the fish. Vish, Vish the, the fish, fish because That's I was right. a swimmer. Uh, this factoid, I guess, it's steeped in medical history, and I'm going to go about it by asking you guys three questions, all of which are interrelated, and you guys try to come together with all what right. it is. I think you'll get it because you guys are all in travel medicine. You love trips. So my questions to you are, who was Dr. Cleghorn? Who are the Quechua people and what is their contribution to this topic? And finally, why is gin and tonic the official summer drink of the British Army as of the 18th century? Start with the first question. Oh, wow. I have no idea who this guy is. Cleghorn? Cleghorn. Cleghorn. Can I get the uh, country of origin? Scotland. (laughs) Scotland. You got Andy in the back there? Uh, Okay. So he, he was a he was likely a military physician who uh, was looking to solve a issue going on with the military at the time, which was sepsis. Not quite. Think Malaria. about what the British Army was doing at that time, as yeah. it relates to my motherland as yeah, well. Yeah, so they, they were they were in um, Africa. Well, as in my motherland, so I'm not from Africa. No, but India, India, Africa. I <laughs> yeah, mean, I mean, they were there too. British, British no doubt, Empire. no doubt, they were there. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and okay, so we're in India, and he's trying to solve a problem that's in India at the time that the 
British army is having a difficulty with. Yeah. Mm, and it's an infection. It's an of infection. Some sort. It's BTW. My co-residents know this already. From, from just an to rub it in. in. Insect vector, right? Yes. Insect vector. So we're talking about malaria. Absolutely. Okay. Right. And and the issue is that in tonic water, proper tonic water, has quinine in it. Correct. So quinine is a treatment for malaria. And that's why gin and tonic is the official summer drink of the British Empire. Absolutely. You guys nailed it. That's so Dr. Awesome. Cleghorn, I mean, Andy can chip in too, but uh, he's a Scottish uh, physician scientist that discovered quinine has anti-malarial properties. What does it have to do with the Quechua people, though? And where are they from? Ooh. We, we skipped over that one. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I got nothing on this one. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. I looked up the phonetics. No, it's Quechua. Yeah. All right. So the fact-checking, the Quechua people are an indigenous race. Uh, they live in Ecuador to Bolivia, so South America. Do they have malaria there? <laughs> and what did they, they typically took mixed ground bark of the cinchona. It's with sweetened water, which cinchona. became... Yeah, that was a cinchona. All right. And that's uh, they were the first to... That has quinine in it. Made, they made tonic water. Yeah. So basically anything organic that has quinine in it is a natural fight against malaria. Yeah. yeah. So the PIMFest continues. How does quinine work? Oh, oh gosh! Come now, on, yeah. come on! We're uh, I couldn't let you go. Yeah, we, don't, we don't do pathophysiology here. Does it involve ingestion? <laughs> see if there's a YouTube video. So, does it cause blood sickling? Not quite, but it does have to do with blood. So you're on the right track there. So, how does the malaria? Um, well, first of all, what does, is the? Does it create parasite? some form of? Well, there are, what three of them or something like there's that. There's three of them. Yeah. yeah. So, what is the most deadly? Fal- is it falciparum? There you go. And it works by digesting hemoglobin, thought to be at least. And I think quinine inhibits that process. Still un- unclear why exactly, but super Interesting. cool. Yeah. And then Vivax and Ovalley are the other ones, but they don't cause as serious of disease, as you guys know. Okay. Is but, there an FDA-approved use of gin and tonics that I can prescribe? <laughs> and do you know of the gin, actually, does it uh, provide a relationship with the quinine in, in a manner that makes the quinine more potent? Or is it just that it's more tolerable to drink <laughs> in the form of alcohol? That is really interesting. I did not know this at all. Yeah, so the Quechua people did mix the bark with sweetened water, and that was, had medicinal properties. Very cool. Yeah, it has some other non-FDA-approved thoughts. You know, it has possibly cures anemia as well and other things that haven't been fully investigated. But, you know, it's just cool to me that ancient people already found the cure themselves and medicine catches up later. That's That's awesome. It's likely a reason why my hemoglobin levels are so high. (laughs) (laughs) Andy, do you you have any other facts, concepts, ideas to go with this? No, I mean, there's just a really good Slate article about it that we'll put in the show notes. The Imperial Cocktail? Yeah, it's called the Imperial Cocktail. It's how the gin and tonic became the British Emperor's secret weapon. Interesting. And then going off of that, why is India Pale Ale the official beer of the British Army in the I believe that's because it was able to be preserved longer for transport time, right? Absolutely. It wasn't desirable as far as taste, but the hipsters brought it back. Exactly. Thank you, hipsters. All right, with that, I think we are done with all of our contestants. Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you guys so much for pimping us. And Tanner, I'll do the study time with you. I think we did okay. I think we did all right. I think uh, overall we we didn't embarrass ourselves too much. No. And that was really the number one goal. (laughs) Every day I show up to work. Goal one, don't embarrass myself. Andy seemed very on top of the fact-checking. I know how to type. Real quick, before we get to the polling, do you guys have any final thoughts? What was your favorite one? For me, the FOMED one, 
that's always a cool story. So the fact that that's you brought this into this for the first time, I think, is pretty epic. Yeah, so. yeah FOMED's super cool. Um, I got to go with Vish as far as my favorite because that's truly like up my historical <laughs> perspective. Sure. But also, I felt pretty confident about the answer, pretty much nailing it in large part because I drink uh, gin and tonic. In a complete normal capacity that is not alcoholic in nature. And not in a way to so you don't get malaria. Right. So. In fact, as far as you guys know, I've probably already had two or three gin and tonics. <laughs> Good day. I actually really like the leech one because I like science and biology, and that was right up my alley. And I just recently read a bunch of stuff on leeches. So, Yeah, all awesome. Awesome entries. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you guys all for attending. We really appreciate the time and effort. And uh, we're going to leave this up to the FOMED world. And there will be a Twitter poll online. Get on, log in, and vote for your favorite medical fact. And the winner will get a surprise award of awesomeness. That we'll, we'll bring him back for a uh, grand finale of this oh, season. Grand finale competition. Of there it is. Trivia and toast to, to fight for the winner of this season one trivia and toast. There it is. We just made a bunch of plans. We have no way to back it up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be super awesome. I'm writing checks my body can't cash. <laughs> Looking forward to it. All right. That's, that's it. Good. Trivia and toast. Thank you. Freaking awesome. I think that went pretty well. Oh, cool. yeah. Oh. That was Thank cool. you guys. That was fun. That was oh, cool. this is yeah. awkward. Oh, God. This one, this one, bring it in. Oh, oh, Mike. We're going to get some food. Come on.